Yo! Happy Monday. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. The woman in the large hat is Carrie Smith. Uh, it's funny. I haven't heard you start the show with yo before. I'm mixing it up for you, Carrie. <laughs> cool. Welcome. Welcome to Unsafe you know. Space. If it's your first time here, this is yo host, Carter Larens. <laughs> joined I'm by... I'm so gangsta. Everyone says that. So, you know. Everyone My whole life they it. said that to me, you know? All the best people uh, say it. <laughs> All the best people. <laughs> Today's going to be it's a silly opening. If it's your first time here, this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays called Cafefe Break, where we just hang out and we talk about what's going on in the world and we try and find some glimmers of hope in the midst of all the darkness. Some light. Jerry finds hope. Darkness. I try and throw water on her fire <laughs> and <laughs> tell everyone to just, I don't know, give up and get high. No, That's I don't do not that. what you do at I all. I don't do that at all. Yeah. I don't do that at all. I tell them to fight, uh, mostly to secede and fight in the small, very tight community against Car the rest Carter's of the entire world. All about, he's Pat, he doesn't think we can have a marriage counselor he thinks that we need a national divorce <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah totally i that can be an argument for another day but mm -hmm. uh we had a couple things one this morning we released at 6 a.m pacific we released a oh cool uh, a news story we don't do a lot of like breaking kind of news story things but myth the myth informed guys did all the research for us and said hey do you guys want to talk about this first so Thanks, Myth Informed. They've, so they've been doing so much research and they have so many stories. Anyway, this is just a, one thing they dug up about um, CRT. I mean, okay, so this is what's interesting. Because people who've been pushing back against social justice ideology, which is a very racist ideology, it's my old belief system, because uh, people, I think, have been, that fight is, is, is making some headway. And some people have been successful. I would say specifically Chris Rufo and James Lindsay have been very successful at isolating one part of social justice, uh, critical race theory, CRT, and mainstreaming that term. And social justice people don't want this stuff mainstreamed and they don't want it isolated. The, the acknowledgement of the terms of what these things are. They want to push it in, and they are pushing it in elementary schools and in churches and, and in corporations and stuff. But they don't want you to actually look at what it is or talk about it. And they don't want you to name any of it. Yeah. And, think about it this way. Yeah. It's like they want to serve you a dish, but they don't want you to look at the ingredients. Yes. Right? And James Lindsay and Chris Rufo are like, uh, you know, this is made of Soylent Green guys. And like, no, 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 uh, that's, not, that's not true. That's a legal theory. Uh, yeah. Like, this is delicious cake. Right. So they, they just yeah. they just want to serve you the dish and you're not supposed to know the ingredients. And it's like, hey, that's yeah, what bothers them. yeah, you're exactly right. Here, I would like to know what's in this cake, because if it has I have an allergy to dairy and racism, if there's racism or dairy in the cake, <laughs> I probably can't have it. <laughs> and they're like, don't look you're at the kidding, racism. You're fine with dairy. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with dairy. I'm fine with dairy. Uh, just don't give uh, me the cake with racism in it, please. Anyway, they, so so they've been saying, look, here's racism and it's in the school and this is what's in the schools. And so one of the uh, the machine because it, it is a whole machine that involves academia, that involves the media, that involves the government now, that involves corporations. McDonald's is tweeting social justice stuff. The machine has decided to respond. Their first defense 
tactic is not to play defense at all, but to say uh, that's not critical race theory or to say, well, critical race theory isn't in schools is to deny reality is to say, it's like, who said it was like a thief who steals your bike and is sitting on your bike and saying, I didn't steal your bike. And then they ride away on your bicycle. (laughs) I don't know, but it sounds like an Owen Benjamin thing to say, but I don't know. Uh, (laughs) No, somebody recently made that analogy. Anyway. So yeah. And they're also, and they do, and they do do this because you can see this, right? It was like, that's not critical race theory. And if it is, it's good. Like, it's like, that's not, that's not critical race theory. And also we need critical race theory. And if, if it was critical race theory, it would be good, but it's not critical. It's like, all right. Like, uh uh-huh. I know. I see what you're doing there. So this has been their, the way that their, uh, their first line of defense is to not offer a defense, but to try and get you to argue in the weeds and to muddy the waters and say, well, were you, who are you going to believe? Me or your lying eyes? That's what they're doing. And it's trickled all the way down to John Leguizamo just did a video about critical race theory. I don't know if you've seen this yet. It's no. amazing. Actually, the Myth Informed guy has found this and put this up. Is it up. bad? Um, it's him. Yes, it's him looking in the camera and going, listen, there's a bit. He's, he basically says, I'm going to paraphrase. But he says, there's been a lot of talk about critical race theory in schools and, and really, you parents who think it's in the schools, it's just because you're ignorant. Like, you're just ignorant. <laughs> the day that I feel ignorant compared to John Leguizamo is the day I just shoot myself in the head. You're so retarded, dude. <laughs> it gets better. It gets better, Carter. Then he goes, he goes, let me, he goes, let me tell you ignorant, unwashed masses. He doesn't say unwashed masses, but he does say ignorant. He said, let sure. me tell you what critical race theory really is, okay? This is, he, he, he literally says this. It's just academic talky talk, thinky talk. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he says, it's just academic thinky talk. Oh, academic just thinky academic talk. thinky talk. Oh, thanks, you, dude. You dumb, hayseed, chewing, hillbilly, deplorable ignorance. You people just aren't as smart as us. Look, I'm going to call it academic thinky talk because you ain't got two brain cells rubbed together. I can't. <laughs> you ain't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you ain't smart as Mr. Leguizamo. <laughs> I mean- Sorry, Carter. It, no, it's funny. Also, it's also kind of like horrifying and sad that these are the people that like have power yes. inside. This is yes. The, 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 this guy's like a scum bucket, and he and he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn you good on the talky talk." <laughs> it's so arrogant. Thinky talk. Sorry. It's so, it's so arrogant. It's so arrogant. And it's so, and, and this is, we talked about this before. I don't mind ignorance. I, I really don't mind ignorance that much as long as it's not paired with arrogance. Like for example, John Leguizamo is ignorant. <laughs> if he thinks that critical race theory is benign and there's nothing wrong with it, then I'm sorry, you are ignorant to what it really is. Critical race theory, John Leguizamo tells us that we must, that we should, that it's preferable, that it's necessary to treat people differently on the basis of race, to judge and treat them differently on the basis of race. And it has a whole, yeah, academic thinky talk explanation for why it's good to do this in this case. But I I say bullshit. 
I say it's never good to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race because I believe in individualism and I believe in what Martin Luther King talked about. Carter believes in that, which is judge and treat people based on their character. Treat them as individuals, not as what race they are. Don't have a different set of rules for different races or different sexes. That's that's backwards. So he's ignorant. He's ignorant. By, but the, by the way, there is nothing wrong but, with being ignorant. We're all ignorant exactly, of lots of things. Exactly. That's, okay. that's what I mean. So the ignorance is fine. I don't mind that he's ignorant. It's the arrogance that's paired with the ignorance where he he comes on and tries to mount an intellectual high horse in front of us. Like, look, I'm so smart, guys. You guys are ignorant. I'm so arrogant and I'm so smart. And it's just as awkward as watching him try to probably try to mount an actual horse because he's a pretty short guy. He's intellectually short as well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, How look, just. Just stay off that intellectual high horse, dude. Like you can be ignorant, but don't be making videos telling everybody else they are. You know, like you know, it, it's the two of those things together that just really burns my biscuits. <laughs> he was born in Colombia. Look at that. All right, he's five six and a half, so he's even very very slightly shorter than me, which is pretty short. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> he's taller yeah. than me, and I look awkward <laughs> trying to mount a horse. So. <laughs> I can mount a horse. I can I can't ride a horse very well. Do you know the first time I think it was the first time I broke a bone, maybe not the first time. I broke my collarbone racing a horse like an idiot. Uh and the horse it was in the mud and the horse tripped and I went flying over the horse and fortunately the horse was okay. But I'm not allowed to get on horses after that because after that you have to rule. Uh, I I'm too like I I'm too irresponsible. Yeah. Well, they should yeah, have a rule for Mr. John Leguizamo that he should not be allowed to get on intellectual high horses, that he has not shown a proficiency for riding. You don't have any, there's nothing that you have no demonstrated uh, ability to ride this intellectual high horse. And yet there you are up there looking down at us, ignorant masses. Think I actually talk. think it takes, <clears throat> I think to be, I think to do that, there are people who can get away with it because they do it a little bit more intelligently and they mm -hmm. they kind of get away with their condescension to the public. I think to do what you're describing, I didn't watch his video, but assuming that it was, <laughs> assuming that he used phrases like thinky talk. Uh, can we watch the beginning of it? Do you want to see it? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it up. But I, I think there are people that, like, if you have a high IQ, you can get away with this. Even if you're ignorant, you can kind of get away with it. Because you might have enough self-awareness to realize you've got to be careful how you say it. You're just pushing an agenda and you're making some propaganda. But I think it's it sounds kind of like a very low IQ thing to do to be ignorant yes. and think people won't notice how stupid you are when you say it. Uh, so that's like a delicious combination. Let's. I've I've got it here on YouTube. It's a minute and a half long. Uh, let's let's take a look. Let's see. Uh, let's, let's let's listen to John Leguizamo's Thinky Talk. What what has he played? What would I rec I've, I recognize him, but I can't think about what he's been in. He was in The Pest, and who, who watched that? He okay. he was in Super Mario Brothers a long time he's ago. Got to be something else. He was in I Romeo and Juliet. Him. He was in Romeo and Juliet. He played Montague. Um, oh my goodness! I'll find. Yeah, we'll find. Okay, we'll find. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Uh, let's see here. John Leguizamo. He played Luigi. Did he play Luigi? 
I don't know. All right, here we go. He's replaced me on the show. Here he is. He's going to lecture Carrie on critical race theory. I think he should lecture you. You should be on camera. Hey, let, me, let me ask you. Are you bent the fuck out of shape about critical race theory? Well, the good news is you might not be a racist motherfucker. You might just be ignorant of what the hell CRT is. Gary, good news. You're not a racist motherfucker. Good. You're I didn't just he was talking. He was talking to me yeah. at first, but I was mm-hmm. wondering. Yeah. Maybe I should <laughs> mute him and I'll talk while his mouth moves. Wait, oh, hold on. No, keep going. Basically, you know, it's a bunch of legal scholarship and academic thinky talk. Okay. Legal scholarship and academic thinky talk. Good. That makes me feel Hold so on. much better. Wait, I th- I'm pretty sure he's right. Let me look. I've got let me. I've got Kim- Kimberly Crenshaw's seminal papers on this right now. Mapping the margins: colon. Oh yeah, academic thinky talk. Thinky he's talk. totally right. That's the subtitle. That was my mistake, John. Ac- academic thinky talk was the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here we go that just tries to figure out what systems are in place that fuck over minorities in the U.S. in subtle ways, rather than the by full-on in-your-face racism. Like, is a black person unable to get a loan that a similar white person could get because the (laughs) bank... You can stop it here. So he actually goes on to give some questions, which I think are questions worth asking, but that's not critical race. That's not what people have a problem with. He goes on to say... We should ask, is it harder to get a loan if you're black? Or, yeah, we should. We, you can totally ask that. That's sure. not critical race. That's not what parents have a problem with. John Leguizamo, have you read any of the bills? Any of the <laughs> bills that you're talking about? I read the Texas one. Not the Texas one. The Tennessee one, actually. I read the Tennessee one recently. The Tennessee one, for example, it doesn't even say. Here's here's what's in the bill. It says you can't teach that one race is superior to another. Do you have a problem with that, John Lucasomo? Well, Carrie, Carrie, that's just you... academic thinky talk. You don't understand. <laughs> like, like it says that you can't. Okay, wait. Let me let me bring up. I just found uh, a really great summary, so I don't have to read the whole thing. Are you laughing? Did you enjoy that? I still beginning? love thinky talk. I don't like who comes up with that. He's creative. I mean, you. It's just so common. Thinking has to be such a thinking has to be such a foreign concept to you that you like thinky talk is a is a like an abstract concept that you invent to yeah. describe it. It's thinky okay. talk. Here's okay. So here's the complete list of prohibited subject matter in the Tennessee okay. Amendment. Okay, one number one, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. You're not. It would say you can't do. You can't teach that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a problem with that, John Leguizamo? Number two, it says uh, you can't teach that an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged or racist or sexist or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. On the basis of the race or sex, they're not those things just mm-hmm. because they're a certain race or sex. Number three, it says you can't teach that an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment because of their race or sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number four, it says you can't teach that an individual's moral character is determined by the individual's race or sex. Do you have a problem with that? You, you want the school to be able to teach that uh, white people's moral character can be determined by their race or that women's moral character can be determined by their sex. You have a problem with that? Really? 
Okay. Number five. Can it be determined based on whether you've done voiceovers <laughs> for Fox cartoon movies? Because he is that was what he's the voice. Done? He's in Ice Age. That's where I recognize his oh, voice. Oh, right. Ice um, Age. But I, he was also in other, other stuff. But yeah. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. What okay, else? Okay. Number what five. It do? says you cannot teach that an individual by virtue of their that individual's race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other people of the same race or sex. <laughs> Hey, you have a problem with that? No, so says, far, yeah, this is this is great. Keep going. It says is you can't it? teach. No? Number six, you can't teach that an individual should feel discomfort, that they should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or another form of psychological distress solely because of that individual's race or sex. You want to be able to okay. teach that? That they should feel distressed because of their race? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it says you can't teach that a meritocracy is inherently racist or sexist or designed by a particular race or sex to oppress members of another race or sex. A meritocracy. Which is where you... That John one's Witt, kind of That's where I saw him. Sorry. Uh, it just okay. came to You're my still brain. Looking. You're John still Witt. looking. Yeah. Number. Do you have a problem with number seven? I'm wondering. Uh, that one, that of all of them, seven? I think that that one seems the most likely for abuse. Number Wait, seven says, you? it says you can't teach that a meritocracy oh, no. is inherently racist or sexist or designed by a particular race or sex to oppress members of another race or sex. Yeah, I mean, I, do I have a problem? I mean, look, I have a problem with public school. So right. I have a problem with the government telling any school what they should teach because the government shouldn't have a relationship with schools. But given the context of what we're talking about... Uh, would I ever teach a meritocracy is designed to oppress people? No. Uh, no. I mean, not based on race or sex. I guess you could argue that a meritocracy is, meritocracy is, is corrupt. To incompetent people. Like, right. I guess meritocracies reward merit. So by default, like, that's like saying, like, I guess you could argue that a race is designed to oppress the loser in some way because the winner wins. But that doesn't mean it's based on race or gender or anything else. Like I mean, and also they're sort of talking about things that become corrupt. Could Amer could a system become corrupt? Yeah, absolutely. Could it become corrupt in a racist well, or sexist about, way? Yeah. They're talking about how it's designed, and that's not a meritocracy. The minute right. it becomes corrupt, it ceases to be a meritocracy. Right, exactly. Then it's not a meritocracy anymore. That's the definition of the corruption of the meritocracy, right? Okay, number eight. We're almost done with this list. Number eight, it says you can't teach that this state, and this one is from Tennessee, that Tennessee or the United States is fundamentally or irredeemably racist or sexist. Um, number nine, it says you can't teach, uh, you can't promote or advocate the violent overthrow of the United States government. Well, I don't like that one, but okay. <laughs> Carter, <laughs> number 10, it says- how are you gonna play with Legos if you can't, Never mind. Uh, that's a separate reference. <laughs> 10, it says you can't teach that you can't promote division. You can't promote division between or resentment of a race, a sex, a religion, a creed, a nonviolent political affiliation, a social class, or a class of people. That one also seems a little iffy to me because it could be abused really easily. Sometimes people don't have the forethought to think like, what happens when the wrong people are implementing these rules? Like, can you not criticize any any uh, religion or any creed or any culture? You know, like it, some cultures are better than others. <laughs> right, uh, and, and that's that's why I mean, and that's fundamentally why, no matter how good the rules are, if they're 
if the there are rules that are enacted by a monopoly on violence controlled by people with guns who are in power, you always need to be careful. Like it, that, that's why the government shouldn't be involved in education because as good as those are, it's totally conceivable that in 50 years, the language changes enough that even the best of those is misinterpreted by the worst possible person to mean whatever the hell they want. Like we've seen right. redefinition of language and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, what I like about this list is, <laughs> I mean, that you can say, sure, I don't care about critical race theory. Just don't do these things. Don't do these things. Exactly. <laughs> Not doesn't say CRT in here, John Leguizamo. Here's number final one, number 11. It says, you cannot ascribe character traits, values, moral or ethical codes, privileges, or beliefs onto a race or sex or to an individual because of the individual's race or sex. Basically, this whole thing comes down to don't be a bigot. Yeah. And they have a pro the CRT people have a problem with this. Why you have to ask why? Why does someone like John Leguizamo, who he then went on Facebook and said that CRT is his life's work? Is it really? And he really? said, yeah, he describes it as thinky talk, and it's his life's work. It's his life's work, and well, no, you have to understand that's the arrogance and condescension. He's describing it as academic thinky talk to us plebes, because we don't have the high-minded intellect to understand it like like he does. I thought his life work was to play a mob mechanic in a great movie <laughs> with a better actor, but no. But you have you have to ask that. Okay. Yeah. So why do people like him, who now say it's his life's work, why do they have a problem with these restrictions? Well. Because they CRT is bigoted, so why are they 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 don't want these things being prohibited? Because then they can't teach CRT. They know this. If CRT is not in the school, then why are you opposing this list? Why do you have a problem with this list? With these bills? <sighs> I'm sorry. The fact that we even like part of me is revolted by the fact that we're talking about John Leguizamo in any serious way. <laughs> like, I, it's like, would I really talk about a Melissa, Alyssa Milano's opinion about anything? No. <laughs> like, like, do I really, like, really? John Leguizamo, he's he's the guy we're going to... He's the guy. I mean, at, at least at least people like Ibram X. Kendi are more intelligent, uh, and they're better charlatans. <laughs> this guy's yes. just... Uh, yeah. Well, this is when they bring out the actors. It's really, and they do. They bring out. Let me tell you. I'm just. I'm just looking. We've had a couple of super chats. I want to read in a second. But we, when they bring out the actors, what they do is a lot of these um, quote unquote nonprofit organizations, which make a lot of money for the people who work at them. Um, they most of them are leftists in nature. At least the ones I knew of. When and the ones that work with entertainment people are leftists. When I was in entertainment, I was a manager, you would get contacted by all these different um, organizations. Now, I probably worked with more of them than most managers because I was social justice. I was a, a true believer and I was dyed in the wool and I was you trying wanted to, to be working with them. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wanted to be working. I sought them out and I had relationships with them and they would help push my comedians and I would help push their organizations. And um, But they have... Uh, they have entire networks where so each of it, each of these individual organizations, whether you're talking about uh, Color for Change or the ACLU, which is now super woke, or uh, the HRC, Human Rights Campaign, or now National Organization for Women or Planned Parenthood or uh, any of these, 
they all have outreach teams that will send out talking points to all all of their entertainment contacts, to all of their managers and agents and people who work with entertainers. And then people like me would then put that into the weekly or the daily um, meetings that we have with our clients where it's like, hey, the ACLU wants to know if you can talk about this or if you can tweet about this or if you can share this video campaign. And so they, a lot of these entertainers, they just get this stuff filtered down through from their handlers. And then because it, it's tribal, they're all in this tribe and they all believe it's good and this is all good work and they don't do any deep digging at all and they don't actually form their own opinions about anything. They're just like, we're the good guys. This is coming from my side, which is the good guys. So it must be good. That's really the extent to which they think about it or investigate. And then they just tweet it and they just talk about it. And so I wonder if his handler had to yeah. use the word thinky talk for him. And that's where it came from. <laughs> no. His handler was like, John was like, I don't understand. He's like, it's okay, John. It's just some thinky talk. These are the things you need to say. Okay, I'll, I'll go tell my people that. Maybe I yeah. bet he didn't even come up with thinky talk. I bet. His no, came uh, I think he probably, maybe, but he, he definitely, the fact that you now have entertainers, even talking about CRT is, is I think it's a good thing because it means that the uh, pushback has been like, we've gained some ground pushing back against social justice ideology, we've gained some ground to even make them try and mount a defense in this way. And to, uh, and to send out the talking points to all the entertain it to, for it to get to that level of like, okay, celebrity, okay, Chelsea handler, we need you to come in and, you know, mount that horse and talk down to the people about CRT. Like if it, if it gets to that point, then they definitely have felt they felt like they need to be on the defense. And yeah, I mean, if you've while. got this guy out there defending you, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Yeah. It's, you're like, this is, this is pretty bad. It's been a while since I think they've been since they've been on the defense. And so I, I'm, I think this is good news. If we had a category okay. of, you know, we should do on the show is everybody be like, we have a little column, a chalkboard, like, good news. We did one good news. Ad. This goes in the good news column. It's good news. <laughs> good news. <laughs> <laughs> they've read they're deep into their bench at this point yes <laughs> <It's> the good news <laughs> they get, pulled out like Osama. <laughs> guys send in luigi send in luigi it's just thinky talk tell him <laughs> i'm like there's a picture of him on this monitor i can't stop looking at it <laughs> Okay. Okay. So we got on that tangent because we recorded a video about CRT being in classrooms, social justice being in classrooms. And, and I think a lot of people now are, are documenting Jake, you know, Chris Rufo alone has documented over, I think 12 school districts who are, who are pushing this stuff. And, and there's countless examples, but because they are denying it and saying it doesn't exist, uh, myth informed is doing a really great job of digging up a lot of these materials in, in classrooms. And so we covered one, it's the uh, Oak Park elementary school district in Oak Park, Illinois, and the social justice materials in their classrooms that are being funded by and supplied to all the schools by guess who the Southern poverty law center. So if you'd like to watch that video, it's a shorter one. We put it out way early this morning. You can go check it out. And uh, we we're, experimenting with shorter content stuff like that Sh shorter so. means it's like an hour long you recognize that right we're gonna get better <laughs> <laughs> carrie, and I, carrie and i did this uh we did we filmed it and afterwards we had a quick conversation we were like we're really bad at like short videos because we, we wanted to make it short but we couldn't help ourselves we just we had to like jump in and interject uh, on stuff we wanted it to be this like 10 minute bullet points thing and it just wasn't 
Uh, all right. I, by the way, I'm still looking at the notes for the beginning of the show. That was a tangent for we released content this morning. The other show things to say is <laughs> we had book club yesterday, which was great. Yeah, it was, was Catch-22. It was so I enjoyed fun. the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed the absurdity of the book and the message of the book in many ways, and it was, it was a great book. Um, what else? We have our retreat coming up in August. You can go to unsafespace.com. I think we have we might still have room. I'm not totally sure. I haven't checked. Um, and the next book, Club Book, is August 15th, and it's the Anarchist Handbook, which is compiled by Michael Malice, if you want to do that. Are you going to show us the Anarchist Handbook, or are you just moving your horse? Somebody said there's a horse's ass behind me, so I moved it. No, oh, there's still a horse's ass behind you. We just can't see it. <laughs> uh, all right. And like, share, subscribe, all that cool stuff we were supposed to say at the beginning of the show. Okay. <sighs> YouTube says, I you see everything twice. Oh, I see yes. everything twice. It's a quote from Catch-22. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think we should talk should we about... Do, let's do some super chats quickly. Yeah, do right. that, because yeah. I want to pull up one of the things I want to read while you read all those. Right. Let me find them here. Uh, I well, think... I'll, the I'll first the... one is from Dave Omer, who says, hello from the woods in beautiful Pennsylvania. Uh, hey, Dave. How are you doing? Hi, Dave. Uh, I was just in beautiful Pennsylvania in the woods with Beverly and her beau, Todd. Um, Johnny Boy Crick Draw says, hey, if Run DMC and Juvenile can put out Vax prop rap propaganda, I think Carter can say, yo. Yeah, totally. I'm just as cool as Run DMC. Um, <laughs> G-Man says... In the immortal words of Nelly, I'm just kidding, unless you're going to do it. That's how the leftists are treating CRT right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, G-Man. Uh, John Wayne says, I've broken five bones involving horses, but it's a hazard of the job. I'm a cowboy in Florida. Leave the horse hey. to the professionals. Eat beef. Keep me in a job. I eat beef all the time, John Wayne. Thank you very much. Good job. Keep raising those beef. Uh I I have a thing for the ho horsemen, vaqueros. Do you? Yeah, of course. My my daughter's goal in life is to, I think, be, a, live on be a cowboy. Basically, I, well, she does English riding, but she just loves horses. So, uh, yeah, I think if she could support herself shoveling shit in a horse barn for the rest of her life, that would be fine with her. She that just would be wants her. Wants to be around horses. Uh, Adam Coleman says. When did condescending close camera videos become the norm? It's always the assumption that someone who opposes what you like is an idiot. It is often true, but uh, yes, it is. It is condescending. Uh, I don't know when it became the norm. I guess when many, I don't know. I don't know when it became the norm. You should do a few okay. of those, Adam. Just get it real close and tell people they're ignorant and this is above their heads and it's just thinky talk, academic thinky talk that they won't understand. Uh, 1.21 gigawatts says, happy 21st birthday, Beverly. But I happen to know today's not Beverly's birthday, but I'm sure she's 21. So, but it's, you know, it's close. We're close to Beverly's birthday. Uh, Clement says, greetings from France, following the ch channel since COVID lockdown number one and loving it and fun and enlightening. Fun fact, every social justice bullshit happening in the U.S. ends up happening here in three to 12 months. Well, I believe it. Clement, it's, it's very nice to meet you. And I, my husband usually tours in the summers. He usually tours 
um, Europe, like uh, Spain, Germany, and France. And as soon as COVID lockdown stuff is over and it's easy to fly back and forth, I would love to visit you. So maybe we could have an unsafe space meetup one day, probably next year, not this year. <clears throat> if things get back to normal, I don't know if they ever will. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the new normal. <clears throat> um, Sandro Guerra says it's illegal to discriminate minorities when they ask for loans. Jimmy Carter backed them up with our taxes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think I saw, maybe, maybe it was you earlier in chat talking about this, Sandra, so I'll give you credit. Uh, but I think, um, so Fanny and Freddie backed that up. And actually, there's a case to be made that um, the, not a case, I mean, it's a pretty strong case to be made that it was the pushing, not specifically of minorities, uh, loans for minorities, but loans in general to people who are unqualified that caused the financial crisis. Um, it was the backing and pushing of loans that were that should never have been lent um, that helped create the housing bubble that then obviously crashed. So, yeah, so government got involved. We got a recession. So, Sandro, thank you for the super chat, Sandro. Sandro is actually one of the people who has been giving me a good perspective on what's happening in Cuba. And I would oh, like cool. to read some of what he sent me. Uh, but first, can you just pull up this image that I sent you and Beverly from the New York Times? So this is the way, first of all, the, the mainstream media, as far as I can tell, the legacy media here in the United States is, is saying that, um, that the, the crowds are protesting because of embargoes and because they can't get COVID backs because of, U.S. involvement and there's shot and th this is funny. Somebody, Lady Gravemaster, Lady Gravemaster tweeted this. I saw it. It says, "New York Times shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans." Hundreds of yeah. Cubans took to the streets and cities around the country on Sunday to protest food and medicine shortages in a remarkable eruption of discontent not seen in nearly 30 years. What I think is funny about this, Carter, is that oh, I saw uh, this. I agree with you. It's hilarious. It's hilarious, but it's also, uh, wouldn't you say that it actually, but it's kind of, tr freedom is an anti-government slogan, <laughs> isn't You're it? You're talking to an anarchist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is an anti-government slogan. And your government sucks. The more it's, the more it, that slogan is anti-your government, the more your government sucks. So, like, a, if there were a government that was actually supporting individual rights and freedom, uh, they wouldn't be upset about you yelling freedom because they would be like, yeah, we're there with you. Uh, but if you're Cuba or America, it is an anti-government slogan. So, yeah, they, I also saw Twitter claiming, where is it? I think, hold on, Jason sent it to me. I won't put it on screen, but I'll find it. Twitter was claiming that, uh, man, where is it? Oh, <laughs> SOS Cuba was trending. And Twitter, Twitter's description said, people are helping to spread awareness on the impact of COVID-19 in Cuba as cases hit an all-time high in the country. That's not- That's not why is SOS Cuba's trending, Twitter. That's not why it's trending. Wow, the Ministry of <laughs> Truth, hard at work. Hard yeah. at work here. Uh, that's, that's, about, that's almost as bad as John Leguizamo is telling us that CRT is academic thinky talk. <laughs> right. Uh, don't worry. SOS Cuba just means that Americans are trying to spread awareness about COVID-19 in Cuba, guys. <laughs> what? 
That's all okay. it is. <laughs> so because I don't trust... They just want you to get vaccinated. That's what's going on in Cuba. They're really upset oh. that you're not vaccinated. So I don't trust the legacy media. I don't think anybody should. And I, uh, I, I asked Sandro, because Sandro was saying uh, we need help with Cuba for the first time in many years. We have a massive popular uprising. This is history. But we need the support of all the media and people with principles. So I just said, look, I don't... I'm speaking of it's okay to be ignorant. I'm totally ignorant in this area. What is going on there? And I'm, I, I know enough to know that I don't trust whatever the media here tells me they may be right once in a while, but I, but it's not smart just to take what they say as truth. So Sandra says, I just want to read some of this because this is a perspective from one of our viewers who um, I think has a better, better perspective than I do. That's for sure. So Sandra says in Cuba, most people have to work for $10 a month in the name of the proletariats. And on top of that, they have to clap at Castro for doing such a great job. How would you feel if you had to work for $10 a month in the name of socialism? When you have to work for $10 a month, nothing is free. The price is your life. And no, the problems in Cuba are not because of the embargo. Castro can do business with China, the second economy in the world, with Iran, Turkey, and Europe. They own Venezuela and with it, the larger oil reserves in the world and the largest drug port in the world. And Cubans and Venezuelans live in complete misery, infinitely worse than before the so-called revolution. The embargo is not to get rid of Castro. It is to prevent Castro from taking over the rest of the continent. And it's the only reason we are not singing. And oh, and the only reason we are not singing the international socialists from Patagonia to Alaska it is not that socialism doesn't work. It didn't go wrong. It works just fine. Misery in socialism is not a side effect. It's a state policy and a control mechanism. Because when everyone lives in misery, people are cheap and easy to control. But apparently, people finally had it. And they're out in the streets today. And I think we should pay very close attention to what happened in Cuba and Venezuela, especially in Venezuela, because they're using here a very similar playbook because they have to do it slowly. Um, thanks again for asking, Carrie. I really appreciate it. Please say hello to Carter and Ninja Kitty. Oh, Ninja Kitty. I love the show and don't miss one unsafe conversation. Okay, then here's a little bit, just a little bit more. Let me read this. It says, um, uh, I'm writing to explain further. Uh, because what I said was kind of general. Part of what happened was that their supposedly advanced vaccine didn't work and the super advanced socialist medical system completely collapsed. People are dying of COVID left and right and there are no treatments, no doctors, no nothing. And on top of that, there's no food. And they also introduced recently a new draconian monetary policy where people had to change their dollars and their CUC into pesos or transfer their dollars into accounts controlled by the regime and use cards, making it harder or nearly impossible for people to deal in the black market. The CUCs were convertible currency that we had equivalent to dollars, just like the Jews in the temple in the time of Jesus. Most people didn't get paid in CUC. It's money for the tourists, but people had access to it through all kinds of illegal means. The Cuban doctors are not good at all. They are more like nurses and they're not in Cuba. Castro makes them work in other countries while taking between 75% and 80% of their salary. <laughs> if the doctors in Africa or Mexico makes, uh, makes $800 a month, Castro keeps $500 and the doctor or nurse keeps $300. How is that for a tax? 
I'm sure Alexandria or Arcasio Cortez wouldn't mind to pay that much. Therefore, as I said, there are no doctors in Cuba because they're all traded as slaves to make money for the Castro family. By the way, they don't get the $300 every month. They have to wait until they go back to Cuba. And in the meantime, they have to live in infrahuman conditions in the worst places in the world. The regime keeps their passports so they can't, they can't escape. And if they do, they can't go back to Cuba for many years and their families can't go out either. And they also infiltrate professional uh, professionals, brain watchers among the doctors to keep an eye on them and to indoctrinate the people um, about the wonderful achievements of the revolution. But as you can imagine, $300 a month is much better than $20 a month, the usual salary for a doctor in Cuba. Most people make between $10 and $15 a month. That's in broad brush strokes what happened. There's a lot more to say. The Castro dictatorship is bigger and more powerful than most people here can imagine. They have a lot of influence and control. Uh, and, the, over the, and they are also creating a fake opposition to create a fraudulent democratic change in the future where the, 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 they control, they control the opposing party, but that's a long story. I don't want to abuse your time. Anyway, that, that was very long in general. That was a lot, yeah. but I, sorry, Carter, thanks for being patient. I just wanted to read. No, I appreciate someone who has more sending of a, that info. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause I don't like you. I don't know a lot about, uh, I mean, I know broad strokes about Cuba. Um, and it's, actually not difficult if you understand how people and politics and government works and how collectivism works. It's not really difficult to understand what happens when you have communism. Like, yes, of course, all those things happen. Like, yes, uh, people, the best people flee if they can, because yeah. no one wants to be in that environment. So uh, in addition to getting loaned out, uh, I'm sure many doctors are just fleeing, right? Uh, you know, it's some people, this is, a, I think a hard thing to come to terms with. Maybe, um, there are a lot of people in the world who, who would prefer that everyone be miserable if they get to be in charge, then, then everyone be better off, but they don't have any control, uh, and in fact, it's a large percentage of people that like that. They care more about control than they do about actually like the status of, of how people are doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could care about neither one and just care about individual rights and be like, man, like, I don't I think it's wrong to push people to do anything. And the status is them. It's up to them. Right. Like you, you could do that. You could you could say forcing people to to do things is wrong. Um, but I think most people would prefer to see people better off. Uh, but there are a lot, there are people who, who given the choice between better off or miserable, but you're in charge, choose miserable. If I get to be in charge. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's true. And it's why we have, uh, it's why we have the governments that we've had doing horrible things. That's how that happens. I thought it was interesting that he said it's important to pay attention to what happened in places like Cuba and Venezuela because it just it has to happen more slowly here. But I think he's right. It 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 could happen here, and it it does happen it, everywhere. It does happen everywhere. Yeah. And the, I mean, and, you know, something interesting about the election at the end there, where he said they're going to create a fake opposition. 
where they can they have a fraudulent democratic change and like oh we're gonna we're gonna let you guys vote and we're gonna let you vote for this opposition party and oh they're gonna win and it's still the same people and that reminds me of where we're at right now I think for the first time ever if you look at voter confidence in the United States and how much they trust the media and how much they trust the election process it's lower than it's been in a long time as a result of this most recent election because normally. It's been pretty low for a while anyway. I mean, it's been pretty low for a while. Right. But trusting the elect, the electoral process is very low now here. And I I think that's for a reason because I don't think we are supposed to see that it's, that it's two, two parties continually at war to keep us distracted. And I think a lot of people are starting to see that. Well, I mean, yeah, I, a couple things. Some Christopher Gorey in chat said they're called dictators and tyrants. No, very few people are actually dictators and tyrants. They're called the bureaucracy. So getting in, being in control means you are a you, a mid manager bureaucrat who's in the controlling party. Like that counts as like I would prefer to be part of the apparatus, right? Um, there are a lot of people who prefer to be part of the apparatus not necessarily the dictator. They might be happy to be the dictator if they got the opportunity, but they just want to be part of the controlling apparatus. And unfortunately, there there are people on the flip side who uh, are so frightened of being, uh, of having responsibility that they don't want freedom either uh, because those things go hand in hand. And so they're happy to be controlled. But the thing I want to say about America really quickly is, and it's hard to remember this, historically because you know we don't learn a lot of history and um and also it's just hard because you're you know the, the fish doesn't see the water right <laughs> right right so um america is an anomaly guys america is an anomaly it's a weird effed up place in history it is not normal it's not normal to be to have a government founded on the idea that you have individual rights is not normal mm-hmm. This is not normal. This was weird in a great way, but it's an it's it's an anomaly. And the idea, I think one of the dumbest, most complacent things Americans do do and can continue to do if they want to continue to be morons is to say, well, it couldn't happen here. We're Americans. You're just dumb. I'm sorry, but it happens everywhere. It has throughout history, throughout all time. Freedom is an anomaly. It's an anomaly, and it does go away. And your founding fathers told you that. They told you that very clearly. So, and uh, like the New York Times says, freedom is an anti-government slogan. Right. Right. Um, so, look, I, I don't know. I, I won't speak about Cuba, like the current situation, because I don't really know. Too much about the current situation other than the obvious like new york times is playing playing games and that kind of stuff um i will say that my experience has been people who flee communist countries and in particular cubans that i've met cuban americans uh tend to have much better appreciation for freedom and individual rights having lived in in a society that really went all the way in denying those rights so um, I think Cuban Americans seem to be the Latino group that the left doesn't like. Like, there's a 
like, the left likes the what they will call the Latinx if they're still using that crappy phrase. But like they generally like uses it. There you go. They generally like uh, people from those cultures so long as they are voting Democrat and as long as they like go along. And you know, often people it's easy to get them to go along. They don't you know, think about mm -hmm. politics much, and they come in and they they get sucked into the agenda and that does happen to a lot of people but it doesn't happen to cubans very much because cubans are like uh-uh i see this i live this <laughs> i escaped this no way in hell i'm not doing this. yeah it's the same is true for a lot of the former soviet bloc nations right yes immigrants coming from those nations are like uh-uh i'm not <laughs> yeah I'm, no way i'm not going down that path because they this, see the danger this like my friend juana and her mom who yep. escaped, like if you come from one of those countries, you've escaped it and you've seen it, you can see this much more easily. It's like a, a Lily for Liberty, who we're gonna talk to later this week, you know, coming from communist China, like you can see this cause you've lived it. You're not, you're not an ignorant person. Right. About it. The other, the other thing I wanna uh, say, cause I saw some, uh, I saw some um, claims that so I, I heard, I, this is rumor, but I heard one of the things they were chanting is you don't own us or something like that, which is awesome to chant at a government, by the way. Um, but the mm. other thing I heard, uh, I don't know if they were chanting this, but I, I heard this described as like, they want democracy, this is pro-democracy. And um, and it reminded me of Hong Kong, because there was the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong, which obviously China is cracking down on. Uh I think this is this is an unfortunate mischaracterization, and it's a failure of the people, frankly, in the United States that were intellectuals that were supposed to defend the ideas of the United States. Democracy is not the answer. Democracy is not what makes America special. It's not democracy. Democracy doesn't give you freedom. It gives you many more tyrants. <laughs> like d Democracy is just... Hey, 51% of the people can enslave me instead of one guy. It's not inherently democracy that's the thing that made America great. It's not. It's, if you want to talk in terms of having an actual government, it's individual rights enshrined in a constitution that set rules and boundaries about what democracy was not allowed to do. What democracy, government's not allowed to do. I.e. democracy. You cannot, yeah. I mean... Constitutionally, you cannot vote for senators who will abolish, like, ban guns. You can't. They are. You're, you can vote for the people, but they can't do it. Like, there's there's rules. You don't have an unfettered democracy now. Obviously, we're starting to ignore those rules, and and we've, like, that's all dying. That's a separate conversation that we've had. But like, the 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 thing that made America special wasn't that people voted, and that doesn't. That's not what solves your problem. Individual rights solve your problem. Now, granted, I don't think that there's been a system of government proposed that could do a better job of trying to protect those rights than something based on kind of constitutional republics and whatever. And like, I, I'm open to other ideas. And so I'm not saying don't have a constitutional republic, but what I am saying is identifying the enemy is actually quite important. Like identifying the good thing and the bad thing is actually quite important. And you see this constantly um, in, uh, in countries where the U.S. goes in, they push for democracy, and then, I mean, look at Libya, right? Uh, we vote in the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, that's democracy for you. There you go, <laughs> right? Like, hey, 
there's lots of there's lots of radical Islam extremists like they win because they won. Like that's democracy. Democracy is not the answer. And it's I know it sounds like I'm nitpicking, but it's very important because what what no what we never seem to do if the U.S. actually wanted to help people around the world struggling with tyrannical governments, they could literally just fly over and drop the U.S. Constitution on like pamphlets on and the Declaration of Independence be like, here, go read this shit. Come back when your kids have read it and they've grown up. Because like that's how you solve your problems. We have the answer. Like the problems are solved. We know. I mean, we don't have the answer for for maintaining it long term, obviously. Uh, But like we know some good starting points that are way better than whatever the hell you got going on there. Yeah. Telling them to like, we're going to set up voting booths so you can vote for some douchebag who's probably horrible and will just implement his version of what you think, you know, or the, or a bunch of douchebags together who will vote for, you know, what they mutually agree is in your best interest. That's not how you get freedom. That's just how you get a, like, that's rule by committee instead of rule by one jerk. I don't know that that's better. Yeah. And people on the left think about it this way. What if the majority that you like that that our country elected were people that you did not want ruling over you? I mean, that's very easy. I mean, you had Trump, for example. You didn't like that very much. I mean, it's not democracy itself is not the is not like you said. It took me a while to understand this because I was raised in public school system, and <laughs> I did I didn't understand that it wasn't democracy itself that made us special or or that protected. Uh, individual rights, that it's actually that those rights are enumerated and that that there are restrictions on what the government or like you said, or what democracy can do. How, how many, they can't, they can't, I mean, they're not supposed to be able to take away those rights, which is why you the can't have government health care. That is unconstitutional. No matter what, how many guys dressed in bathrobes in Washington bang their gavels and say it's okay. It is unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional. It's not allowed. Like, and that's very clear, very clear, right? And the founding fathers would have a conniption fit if they saw how things are being interpreted right now. Like, yeah. you can't just vote for stuff. You can't just, majority rules is a crappy system of government. It doesn't work and it doesn't protect individual rights. It doesn't protect minorities. No, one of my favorite Rand quotes, which Dion shared uh, yesterday, I think, Dion's a guy in chat, people who are just listening, who basically is like a nonstop quote machine. Good <laughs> quote, like, yeah. I'm looking right now at a quote from George Will, who's there, like, you know, and there's another one before that. And, oh, no, that was also a George Will. But anyway, I love Dion, another yeah. one, Ayn Rand. Anyway, one of, his, one of my favorite Rand quotes that he, he shared was, is, uh, goes something like this. Uh, the smallest minority is an individual. It's an individual. Like, that's what that is. If you care about... Oh, sorry. Dion's a girl. I'm sorry. Oh, she. Dion, she is awesome then. <laughs> they, them. Zur is awesome. Ambiguously Zim. gendered Dion is awesome. Um, I guess Dion Warwick's a girl. I should have known that. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. The smallest minority is an individual. If you care about minorities, you should care about individuals and individual rights. Um, so... So I just want to I want to read one more comment on Cuba. This is from someone else who I believe knows more than I do about it and who I whose opinion I trust or at least I want to hear. 
my friend E. Sanchez said, um, he said, El Che said it, Fidel said it, Patria o Muerte, which means homeland or death. And that's exactly what they gave the Cuban people, death, a slow death of the human spirit. The Cuban people are in the streets, but they are no long because they are no longer satisfied with being sacrificial lambs for an evil ideology. Today they shout, Patria y Vida, homeland and life, life. Okay. And then, and then he says, and this is really cool. We're not going to play this because uh, I don't want to demonetize our video just for having this music in here. Plus, it it it's in Spanish, so we'd have to translate it. But I'm going to share this in the 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 link to this in the chat. He says the rappers of and from Cuba rhyme about different things than the rappers from the states. Oh. Main mainstream media rappers, the mainstream rappers like in the U.S are no longer countercultural. Yeah, they're not. They're totally gross culture, like status quo nonsense. WAP, are you kidding me? Okay, because so he says- Because the bad counterculture won, by the way. Right. That's why. Says, says uh, mainstream, mainstream rappers in, in the States are no longer counterculture. They are rapping uh, songs about vax that ass up, V-A-X, vaccine, like get the vaccine. This is happening. He goes, but in Cuba- they have to hide in abandoned buildings at night to rap about freedom. I think you'll like this song. And then he gave me this song and I'm going to put this in uh, and, and just look at the lyrics you can, you can do on YouTube. Okay. You can uh, have the uh, translated version there, which will put the closed caption, the lyrics for you. If you don't speak Spanish, so I'm going to put this in the chat for everyone. And but it's so different. Dion, even though after I, I misgendered her uh, helps me out and, and, and gives us, gives me the actual quote. The smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be defenders of minorities. I That should be stamped on the forehead of every teacher so that students have to read it when they look at teachers. Like, that is obviously not. But... Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously not. I, I, I Sometimes, Carrie reminds me, sometimes things that I think are obviously not intended to be taken literally... Need to, be, need to remind people, I don't actually think there should be a government program stamping that on the teacher's foreheads. We have to uh, explain. Although if a private a, school wants to do it, please go right ahead. We have to explain that in case John Leguizamo is watching. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, I'm kidding, John. <laughs> it's just jokey talk. That was just thinky talk, John. It's, jo yeah, it it's, jokey, jo talk. it's jokey talk. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a super chat I want to read real quick. Uh, this is from speaking of Cuban rap and rap with meaning and you know lyrics with meaning and stuff. Uh, our friend Jeremy Journal Poems is in super chat and gives five dollars. If you don't know Journal Poems, you should check him out on YouTube. He does a lot of really beautiful spoken word poetry, and he's doing some about CRT and social justice. And he's also he's the guy with the viral video, right? He did most recently did the viral okay. video of the Walmart uh, where that people sang the national anthem like a flash mob. And cool. anyway, journal poems. Hello. He says Mills on Liberty explains how the tyranny of the majority is just as dangerous, if not more so than the tyranny of a single dictator. It's a great read. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's odd, right? Because 18th century thinkers were well aware of this. <laughs> um, but somehow, Somehow we haven't. We've you know, forgotten it. I I didn't. 
You know what's you know the other thing that's it's it's weird and frustrating. Like America obviously was a mixed bag. The founding documents have a lot of great principles that were new, um, but there's still some stuff, especially in the implementation, that was not not the best. That was kind of there's still elements of collectivism that were kind of imbued in it, um, and but those were common. Like those were everywhere. So it's like it's a it's a massive step up, but not perfect, and. Instead of looking at all, and then so then America succeeds wildly, and instead of instead of looking at America and saying, "Well, gee, the success is an anomaly," what 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 are the anomalies in the founding of America that made success happen? They'd look at all the anomalies in the founding of America and go, "Oh, those are blemishes. Only the things that everyone else were do- did throughout all of history should be repeated and." copied and expanded in America because that's what makes it special. And it's it's so backwards. It's like they've they took the poison bits and added more and they took the great stuff and tried to squash it as much as they could. Um but it's it's to the extent that America was consistently a defender of individual rights that it succeeded. That's the reason. That's how success happened. Um not the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's frustrating to me because the academics, the job of academia. This is why I actually hate academic institutions. Not as such, like they could be good, but this is why I despise the academic institutions in America. What they should have done is devoted themselves to defending the ideas that made America unique, the ideas that were that America was founded on. And instead, what they did was they called up Germany and said, "Give us your crappiest philosophers. Would like to take them all here and <laughs> and you know spew that shit for the next several generations until we destroy ourselves." So, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> Send us your tired, your poor, and your crappiest <laughs> yeah. German hey, philosophers. Hey, guys in Germany, do you have any really <laughs> shitty ideas that will ruin our country in a couple hundred years? Can you? Ship them on over here because we're tired of these founding fathers bullshit. <laughs> uh, we should read some more super chats and also I I just sent you guys speaking of uh, uh, speaking of E Sanchez saying that the rappers in the United States are not counterculture, which should be obvious, but to a lot of people who are in the machine, it's not obvious. And to John Leguizamo, just to come back to him, today's a John Leguizamo day. It's not obvious because I just sent you an image to put up. This is John Leguizamo's Twitter description. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a (laughs) counterculture. It's on Twitter. His bio says, uh, it says, I circled the fun parts. This is, (laughs) I'm a counterculture, outgoing introvert. Latinx, underachieving, overachiever, trying to leave uh, this blue pebble a better place than when I entered it. Now, here's the thing about him. I actually believe he's probably very good intentioned. I've heard stories that he's a nice guy in real life. And, I do believe he's Latinx um, as well. <laughs> Latinx. I do believe he's probably a well-intentioned person. And I think he's trying to be a good person in the world. But I, so was I. When I was in social justice, I was trying to be a good person. I thought it was a good ideology. I was ignorant. He is ignorant. And one of the things he's ignorant about, this is just so funny. You are not counterculture <laughs> if you are 
you are speaking the ideology that all the banks are speaking, all the corporate brands, McDonald's, Amazon, all the behemoths, the big social, Twitter, Facebook, you're speaking what uh, the big politics, like all of all of the establishment is speaking what you're speaking, John, and they're defending CRT and they're defending CRT and, and social justice. And, and there's all, you're speaking their ideology. That's not counterculture. John Leguizamo, you are part of the establishment. He that I'm sorry, I cannot help but think of that. Who's that little kid who's Chief Wiggum's son in Simpsons? Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Ralphie. Ralph. I feel like John Leguizamo's like, I'm counterculture. <laughs> like <laughs> Sure, Johnny, you're counterculture, Johnny. Good job. <laughs> I think he, I think he means well. He's just, you're just, <laughs> you're just deluded. You're just deluded. John Leguizamo, do you know what's counterculture? Do you know what's counterculture? Try, now I'm not saying I, these are, this is, but you know, if you were, hey, maybe if you were like a, a, a Christian conservative and uh, a, a drove a pickup and, and, uh, you know, uh, wore a MAGA hat. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? That's counterculture. I'm not saying people need to do these things. I don't even own a MAGA hat. I'm just saying that is counterculture. And if you want to walk down the street and those things in your neighborhood, John Leguizamo, or at an entertainment function and see what happens to you, like that's actually counterculture. It's, I understand things have changed from when you, you, you think, you think that we're still living in the nineties, don't you? Like that, that's not, we're not living there. You know, there was the moral majority and they were trying to remember that focus on the family, Jerry Falwell. They were trying to tell us these religious fundamentalists on the right. And they were trying to tell us how to live and what we could read and what we could watch and listen to and, and what thoughts we could have. Okay. That changed. We're not living there anymore. Okay. So now there's a, a fundamentalism on the left and you're a part of it. That's like fish can't see water. You can't see it, but you guys are trying to tell us what we have to think and what we can listen to and what we can read and what we can't read. And, that's the fundamentalism today. You're part of this puritanical cult and you don't even see it. And you're like, we're still living in the nineties. No, we're not. <laughs> you are not counterculture, sir. You are the elite establishment. Okay. I had to put that quote rant. up on screen. I just had to put up a quote on screen. Gabba Gabba Nay said, my cat's breath smells like cat food. John Leguizamo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, Dion, she she put down. I I I really miss PJ work now. Granted, I think he's a little more conservative and Republican, but he's also old now. And I when I was growing up, like uh, I really loved reading his writing. But the, he there's a quote by PJ: "America wasn't founded so that we could all be better. America was founded so we could all be anything we damn well please." That is a classic PJ, and I just happened to have sitting on my desk today. A PJR workbook because I was I was rereading a a chapter that he wrote about safety Nazis. Um, oh wow! Okay, and I'll just read. In fact, safety has no place. So he says, uh, "Hold on here. <clears throat> America is a dangerous country. Safety has no place here. In fact, safety has no place anywhere. Everything that's fun in life is dangerous." Horse races, for instance, are very dangerous, but attempt to design a safe horse and the result is a cow, an appalling animal to watch at the trotters. And everything that isn't fun is dangerous too. It's impossible to be alive and safe. 
It's very safe to be an inanimate object, but the carbon molecules who are our ancestors chose otherwise, and having once set upon a course of devouring things, we must submit to having other things occasionally attempt to devour us. This is painful, but pain is an important part of existence. No amount of hazard warnings on the back of our hand would keep us from thrusting it into a lion's mouth if that didn't hurt. Lions are an admitted short supply, but the same holds true for whirling Cuisinart blades and oil-burning space heaters. Pain is the body's way of showing us that we're boneheads. He, he goes on. I'm going to keep going. But, um, yeah. And th- th- so the, then he says, therefore, it is the duty of every patriotic, moral, and humanistic person among us to smoke, drink, and drive like hell, shoot guns, own Corvairs, take saccharin, leave unmarked medicine bottles all over, open all over the house, get in fist fights, start barbecue fires with gasoline, put dry <laughs> cleaner bags over our heads, and run around barefoot without getting a tetanus shot. <laughs> That's awesome. I loved PJ work. You know who else would be, oh man, who's so relevant right now and who, if he were alive, the woke would hate him. Although they, they try to claim him as one of their own, but it doesn't make any sense because he's, he would be, he would not be, it is, uh, is um, George Carlin. You know, he would have things mm-hmm. about yeah. that. That kind of reminds me of him. Just the stupid stupidity of the masses and this whole like the safety culture thing and the PC stuff. He had a whole rants against. He was early to the anti PC bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. I think PJ works still around. Uh, I, I wonder if he probably he's probably old and wouldn't come on a show. But I would totally have PJ on. Just to, I would want to get his thoughts on what the hell. Johnny Boy Quickdraw gives us five buckaroos and says, I could not have guessed in a million years of trying that today's topic for the show would be Mr. John Leguizamo. <laughs> you guys really keep me on my toes, LOL. Me, me neither, funny. Johnny Boy. You didn't know. I, I couldn't have guessed it either. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie's Last gives us $9.99 and a little dancing pair. Thank you. That is very kind. And then this one made me laugh when I read it. Matt Deckard gives us a dollar ninety nine and says, "I too am counterculture. It's in my IMDb." <laughs> <laughs> it's in my, it's on my resume, and <laughs> I've I've got it in my LinkedIn account. Okay, why bother? Says ten dollars or no, ten leery. Leary. No. No. Leary. No. Leary. What are those? What era are you in? <laughs> <laughs> are those euros? <laughs> Ten Roman Caesar coins. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother gives us 10 Caesar coins and says, talking about songs. I like a quote from one of a uh, Ukrainian band. It goes like this, quote, don't let the school make a fool of you because the teachers may be fools too. So mm. relatable. That's a good quote. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And Matt Deckard, oh, gave us another one, four ninety nine, and says, Odds Barkins, Alaska. We must all move to Alaska. It's cooler and we can carry guns around. <laughs> I have no doubt it's cooler. <laughs> be clear on that one, Matt. That's not really a selling point you need to give people on Alaska. Hey, it's cooler here. Uh, there's a lot of mosquitoes. Here's why I don't think Alaska is a good place um, to go for the inevitable divorce. Uh, while Washington may reluctantly give up something like Texas, not that it wouldn't be not it would be a fight. It wouldn't be easy. 
they will never in a million years give up Alaska. Never. They will fight to the death to keep Alaska. So you're moving to a, a location that's basically... They won't, they won't they, give up. Yeah, there's no way in hell they'll give up Alaska. Um, so... <clears throat> and constitutional there's and there's constitutional <laughs> truth hello uh, constitutional constitutional truth was in book club yesterday for catch 22 uh we ct ct gives us five bucks and says people need to read the cod fishery debates where madison uh prophecies uh about where the government is today especially all 535 congress critters <laughs> CT also revealed to us that Catch-22 was less fiction than I imagined it to be. I've never, oh yeah, I've never even heard of this, the cod fishery debates. Okay, I will check that out. I've heard of it, but I've not read it. Thank Andrew you. Andrew Knapp, you want to do Andrew Knapp? Andrew Knapp, five bucks, says, great rant. The majority can be as much of a tyranny as a dictator. It makes precious little difference to the tyrannized. True. And I can't see any older than that. So if there are older ones, you have to read them. All right. Thomas St. Thomas says CRT surrendered to racism by embracing racist social stru social structures and using them against oppressors instead of transcending race for common humanity. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure I would call it surrendering to racism because that implies that racism is like, <laughs> they're kind of reluctantly doing it. I, I think CRT embraces racism <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. as, as well as racist social structures. Um, you could see it as either way for, for the people who are, have good intent who are in it. So they just surrender to it. They are told that you have to judge and treat mm. people differently on the basis of race because everyone does anyway. And so we have to do it in this good way. I see. They give up on the idea that, <clears throat> that you, you can have a racist. Right. So we must continue racism because it's impossible to not yes. be racist. That's basically mm. what they're, they, they become convinced of. Now, I just, can I, because you said this before, and I, I meant to comment on it, but uh, on an individual personal level, if if someone in my life means well, that matters to me, right? Mm -hmm. It matters how I communicate to them. But in general, I don't give a crap if John Leguizamo means well. I don't care. I don't care what I you're know. meaning to do when you're throwing me, like, seriously, I, when, when the stormtroopers are, <laughs> you know, raiding Tatooine or putting you on boxcars, do you really care whether they think they're doing good? I have good intentions. I'm making the world a better place. I don't care. You're responsible for your actions, not your intentions. And you're responsible for how correct those actions are and the morality of those actions. And the fact that you have a convoluted sense of morality does not justify your actions. You don't get a pass at all. As a friend, or, you know, someone in my life, yes, I might treat you a little bit differently and try and show you the hypocrisy of your actions. But yes. in general, dealing with people like John Leguizamo, I don't give a crap if he's sincere right. or not. I don't but care. As, right. I, I hear what you're saying. And as a friend, it does matter because those are the friends who might you might not want to give up on who you could, could be reached. Yeah, because they they're in it because they believe it's lies. They've been conned. They think it's a. They think it's an ideology to end racism and sexism. It's like the ultimate con. They're pushing the very thing they think they're against. So the the ones who are in it and believe it to be what it claims to be, that's the reason. That's when intent matters. You're right. If it's a friend of yours 
or someone you yeah. know or a family member. A lot of people in our audience have family members who succumb to it. Um, okay. One race through more. Adam awesome. gives us a $20 super chat and a cute little emoji of a pop bear hugging a little bear or an apple. <laughs> it's a little apple. It, the description, the metadata. So YouTube gives me metadata for the little program that I've got that collects super chats. It's the metadata says baby lemon jumping in our lemon character's arms. To hug <laughs> <it>. <laughs> it's funny. They read it all out. Uh, it reminds me of actually, um, if you haven't seen it, I finally watched Carter did a special independence day video with his daughter where they sat around the fire and talked about, talked about the declaration of independence and then moved inside. And it was just it's a really great example, I think, of parenting, of present parenting. Uh -huh. Aw, thank you. Um, <laughs> the bad example was when we tried the Constitution the year before, and it was way too long, and she didn't want to read the whole thing. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll Fight You Naked says, uh, gives us five bucks and says, knowing Obama is close with CRT, Derek Bell changed my view of his presidency. Well, I didn't know that. My view is already pretty bad, so, but I, I get it. Uh, five pounds comes from Andrew Joyner, who says, the best understanding I can get from the defenders of CRT is that it is throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks much of the time. Yeah. Well, that's how they do their their defenses of it, too, is you'll notice. So right now they're, they're trying to do the thief who stole your bike and says they didn't steal your bike thing. They're trying to say reality is not reality. It's not in schools, and that's not what it is. If that doesn't, they'll throw other defenses out too. They don't, and it doesn't matter if these defenses contradict one another because they just see which one works on you, you know. Yeah. Raj H gives us a dollar ninety nine Canadian. Thank you, Raj, and a little thumbs up. There we go. Uh, and last one, I think, is for mm -hmm. Carrie. It's from Sandykins. She gives <sighs> magical Swedish money, and <laughs> she says. The Garcias need to come to Sweden. Might be able to yes. get him a gig in town. I'm there. I would totally come. Let's talk offline. <laughs> as long as you, as long as Sandy Kins hires a Swedish chef, chef to go work, 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 and you record it for me. That's racist. How uh, dare and bring you? Bring back some meatballs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually anti Muppets, to be clear. Uh, it's Muppet bigots. It's Muppet bigoted. Yeah. Uh, Matt Deckard also just gave us one ninety nine and says Carter watched the wave. What did he think? I did oh, wait, watch it, the wave. I didn't watch it yet. Don't spoil it. Okay, but you can tell me what you thought. He, he without spoiling it, he will say Carrie should watch it. It was a good thing to watch. Okay, <laughs> is that not spoiling? Yeah, it's a Here good thing go. to watch. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take a look at it. Oh, Sandy Kin said her husband can go bork bork bork. That's great. Wonderful, perfect. So he can be the Swedish chef, and we're. I think you guys should go. It's a date. So I today I really just wanted to call people's attention to Cuba and to read the point of view of some people who know more about it than I do, who are telling us to keep an eye on it because it may indicate things to come here, and also who were pointing out how how different the mainstream media is reporting about it in the states. Like what they're it's interesting what they're trying to tell us to think about it, which is that it's about uh, United States supporting people in Cuba who 
uh, didn't get COVID vaccines. Just get a, vaccinated. It's a very low res, <laughs> I think. Oh, it's intentional, what, right? Uh, yeah, intentionally low res description of what's happening there. So, yeah, I, it, yeah. Can can we end on one kind of? I don't want to call it, it's just ridiculous. Do you remember that they, um, they, one of the January 6th people was arrested and they said, oh, he had a Lego model of the Capitol building? That was one of the pieces oh, of evidence. No, is that what your joke was about earlier? Yeah, Lego so he model? had a Lego model okay. of a Capitol building and that's being used as evidence that he's an insurrectionist. Worse than that, it turns out it was still in the box. He hadn't even constructed the Lego model of the Capitol building. He bought a Lego model of a capital of the Capitol building, and, and that's, that's evidence? evidence against it. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's crazy. Do you know what they would do if you if they ever tried to falsify charges against you or I? They would say she had a replica of a grenade in right. her. Because look, our mug, our unsafe space mugs, look like grenades. They would, you know, they would say this. Back when they were trying to... He had 200 of them downstairs in the garage. So, you know, when they were trying... The FBI was trying to frame up Richard Jewell on the the, uh, Olympics bombing in Atlanta in the 90s. It was the 90s, right? And they were trying... Yeah. yeah, And just out of sheer incompetence, were just trying to pin it on this guy because they had gone down this route. And once they started to get evidence that it wasn't him, they were just still trying to pin it on him. And... One of the things they did was he had uh, a replica of a. Gr- it wasn't. It wasn't a real grenade. It was. It was like a novelty item grenade, like a right. gag thing, and yeah, they yeah. wrote that up as having a, a a grenade in his sock drawer or something. They yeah, did. It, they they're crazy, right? So correct me if uh, I'm wrong. That's what I recall. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I'm gonna look it up, yeah. but. But the, that's the thing that you got to remember is they're just they they are incompetent fools, which Catch Twenty Two reminds you of, and uh, they just they just want to keep their jobs. They don't give a crap about the truth. Um, so yeah, I just I really like that it wasn't even because when they said he had a Lego model of a Capitol building, I was thinking they found a model of the Capitol building with like plans and like little we'll enter in here and like here's the, this guy will be here and like there's like a plan because. At least that would be evidence that there was something being planned. Not that right. I think it was an insurrection in the first place, but uh, but it was in the box. It was in the box. They took a picture of it. You can look at the picture online. It's just, just a box, a Lego box. Um, so, by the way, thank you for the plug, Carrie. Let's remind people, if you want the Unsafe Space Lego mug and you're a contributor at 25 bucks oh, or yeah. more a month, you can you get can it. Have- it's only for subscribers at that level and above. And there are some of you who have not received it yet because I'm – behind but hopefully in the next week or two i'll send some out i'll do another batch so you too can collect evidence to be used against you in a frame of <laughs> yes, job right. in the future <laughs> yes it, it's a whole conspiracy they shipped out hundreds of these grenades all around the country <laughs> even internationally we've shipped them internationally so we've got Piratomsky over there in the uk is who knows what he's up to oh we should make a lego mug good point we should our next mug should be a Lego mug. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Matt Deckard also says we can we can let the mock grenade go, but the books. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. 
That's I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to find. A, I'm trying to find a, a source about that mock grenade that he had. I can't find it yet to verify that. But it, I did find something saying, "Yeah, they really did confiscate his mom's Tupperware." <laughs> the FBI. <laughs> 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 that happened. Yeah. Hey, and everyone in book club's going to have a copy of the Anarchist um, Handbook and all the wrong think books we've been reading. So oh all you people in book club, you're all. We are just amassing evidence for the FBI to use against just you. Stacking uh, it up, man. Yeah. And some of you have green socks. I know it. Which you know, we... I, I know there's green socks. <laughs> there's definitely some wrong knitting out there. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's a picture. It's coming together. <laughs> Extremist. One of my friends said the other day, I know we're just rambling now because we're wrapping up, guys. We're wrapping But yeah. uh it was funny. We were being sarcastic, which I, you know, I'm not often. I don't like it, but sometimes we can in this day and age, something. Yeah, and he was saying, um, "Hey, oh, oh, it was, it was my preacher had shared an article online about uh, this was a real piece that's going around. This is, this is what you get if you are in the social justice cult. You'll get opinion pieces about why white people need to stop smiling at black people because the smile it makes them." It's a, it's a sign of uh, of of they they prefer they prefer outright hostility to the uh, what was it the the unintentional hostility of the smile which somehow in your whiteness you demand a return smile or something it was just this awful awful piece again this ideology tries to tell you to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race so when you read a piece like that if you're a woke white person you're like oh. Oh, I didn't realize that smiling was a microaggression to black people. So then what happens if you're one of these deluded, brainwashed, woke white women who reads this stuff and believes it next time you're in the supermarket and you're smiling at people by, at, without thinking about it. And then you see a black person, you're like, <laughs> you're like, stop yourself. <laughs> You'll get along with the clan woman right next to you. Right. Uh, who is also not smiling at also black people, smiling but at everyone black else. People. Yeah. It, you guys turned, can, you can it, hang out. <laughs> I'm serious. It hey, did you, you did you scowl at the black guy that was there? Because I yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I, I scowled at him because I'm a white supremacist. Why'd you scowl at him? I'm also, but I'm an anti-racist white supremacist. Oh, okay. Yeah. I smiled at him because that's the anti-racist white thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, like you're, it turns you into a racist. Do you not get this, woke white people? Or if any of you are watching, if any of you are watching, it tells you, it makes you it makes you treat people differently on the basis of race. And you can't just treat that person in the grocery store like a human, like you would other, like you treat white people you pass as human. You have to like, oh, they're black. Oh, I can't smile. Oh, and I can't ask them where they're from or I can't, you know, there's all these microaggressions. Anyway, so this article- I've got a recommendation. Don't smile at anyone. <laughs> That's probably That's what fine. they do. They Be Carter, miserable, don't smile at anyone. Miserable people. And so my preacher had shared this article and one of the guys from my church said, he said, uh, he said, hey, I have a, a great new idea. It was something like, I have a great new idea. Maybe we should just treat people as individuals and, and not smile at them based on what race they are or choose to so smile. So you go to a racist me. church, clearly. Right. I'm like, wait, this sounds very extreme. Treating people as individuals is <laughs> very extreme. <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. Uh, we have a few more super chats that we should. Uh, okay. By the way, Lutra thinks I'm serious, so she's yelling that you should smile at everyone, not scowl at them. Well, Lutra, you do it oh. your way, I'll do it my way. So 
Uh, super chat. Let's see. Well, Pirate Tomsky gives us five pounds and says, I have both the Anarchist Handbook and the Unsafe Space Mug. I'm going down for sure. Yeah. And plus, you're in the UK. You don't even have a right to have those things. Pro- probably. Well, I don't. <laughs> the, the cops will be at your house any moment, buddy. Um, Matt Deckard gives us $1.99 and says, here's another 75 cents. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Susan, thanks you, Matt. Um, Sandy Kins says, Sandy. the Swedish chef sounds more Norwegian to me. Oh. That's like a... That's like a Nordic joke that I can't possibly get. It's like when Chinese people mock Koreans. I don't know what you're talking about. But okay, I believe you. Those damn Norwegians. Uh, Thomas St. Thomas says, nappy head, nappy chest, nappy chin, never seen with a happy grin. Ice cube on microaggressions. (laughs) (laughs) Ice cube's got some thoughts here as well. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, wait. So everybody knows. I just pulled it up. It's it's actually an excerpt from Robin DeAngelo's, our favorite woke white racist, Robin DeAngelo's new book, uh, Nice Racism, How Progressive White People Perpetuate Racial Harm. And this is- this, I love this that is, I fully agree with that title. I love it. I love that I fully agree with this title. So it's Probably a section it. about stop smiling so much. Quote, I have heard black people talk about the awkwardness of white people over smiling. A friend described, this is Robin D'Angelo, a friend described going to Whole Foods and, first of all, okay, (laughs) a friend described going to Whole Foods. The oppressed are going to Whole Foods. (laughs) Where the oppressed like to go and feeling exhausted by the pressure to validate all of the over solicitous white people making a point of smiling at her when she just wanted to get her errands done and get home. She understood that the act was meant to convey acceptance and approval, but what it actually conveyed to her was a way for white people to once again, it doesn't say once again, but once again, maintain moral integrity in the face of racial anxiety. Oversmiling allows white people to mask an anti-blackness, okay, that is foundational to our very existence as white, okay? Wait, are you supposed to, if you're white, are you supposed to just, whenever you see a black person on the street, are you just supposed to say, I'm racist? (laughs) And move on. Hey, hey I'm, I'm racist. I don't know. I'm not supposed to smile. I can't remember what I'm supposed to do today. I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the head and rub my belly. Or is it rub my head, belly, and pat my head? I can't remember. Just <laughs> like, hello, black person. Like, robot. Like, it's so messed up. Like, okay. Over smiling allows white people to mask an anti-blackness that's foundational to our very existence as white. Our fleeting benevolence has no relation to how black people are actually undermining white spaces. Some black friends have told me that they prefer open hostility to niceness. They understand open hostility and can protect themselves as needed, but the deception of niceness (laughs) adds a confusing layer that makes it difficult. So why are they just assuming it's deceptive? I mean- Well, actually, wait, can I I, I actually defend this for a minute? Okay. I think normal people who just smile generally at everyone and that everyone includes, just to be clear, if you're not sure about this, everyone includes black people. Um, people, people who are just normally nice, like Carrie, probably just look at her. She probably just runs around smiling at the whole fucking town, right? She's like, I, I'm happy, right? She just does that to everyone, right? But I think in fairness, there are especially woke white women who, because you've talked about this in the, that Facebook oh, group and true. other stuff, who go out of their way where like they wouldn't normally be smiling at you, but they're like 
forced smiling at you because like you're a black person now i'm smiling <laughs> that's got to be worse than just an, a straight up like yes. racist person scowling at you like that i get that is worse <laughs> i'd rather just have someone hate on me than like <laughs> do a weird smile like intentionally at me that's weird i really want to see a sketch you're probably right because but see the thing is the the problem is they already bought into this ideology and they do have these racist beliefs now they believe they believe that like social justice has told them they have to treat black people differently and so and so they that they're they just go back okay it's like the safety pins thing it's like after trump was elected all these social justice pieces were in my little cult when i was still they were like Oh, white people, you need to wear safety pins to show people of color that you're an ally. So all the white women are like, look at my safety pin on. And then, you know, and then, and then it's and then the then the article started coming out just like this. They're like, white women, quit wearing those safety pins. People of color don't want to see that you're just virtue signaling you're a good white person. They're like, oh, take my safety pin off now. And so it's just this 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 is just a long line of articles like, white people, you don't smile enough at people of color. And this is now you smell too much. And, and the, the problem here is not whether you smile or not, or whether you wear a safety pin or not. The problem, the root problem here, woke white women, listen to me, is that you've bought into a racist ideology that tells you, you need to react differently towards people based on what race they are. That's the problem. Let go of that ideology. Let go of it. There's no special rules for how to treat black people versus how to treat white people or how to treat Latino. There's no special rule. You, if you're doing that, you've allowed yourself to become corrupted with racism. And that's why you're super awkward and horrible to be around. And that's why you're in social justice groups going, why can't I make any black women friends? You know why? Because they can smell this gross racist desperation coming off of you from across the store where you're like, there's a black woman over there. Like, what am I going to do? When, should I smile or not smile? What the most recent op-ed say? And you're probably in your phone going through Vox. Like, oh, am I supposed to smile? Oh, they said, don't smile. Oh, okay, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to grimace slightly. Oh, gosh. Uh, gosh. Gosh. You know what? Uh, and the, It's a neurotic personality trait. It's people who are yes. high on neuroticism. Uh, behave this way and they are really they're really the social justice left is really triggering your neuroticism if this is how that's you like true. who the run who the hell runs around by the way again i don't scowl at everyone but i also don't smile i'm just kind of not a smiley kind of guy i don't walk around this like i'm i balance carry out in the the you know the karma of the universe right we went we so, went grocery <laughs> shopping together and you were like is this what it's always like to grocery shop with you? I know. It's like, oh, look, some broccoli. I'm like, can we just leave? I just, just want to, I'm getting my meat and then we're going to leave. I don't want to dance around the store excited about everything. Yeah. The pickles are like really exciting that day. Yeah, pickles. That's what it was. Yeah. You're dancing around like pickles. Um, Yeah. But, but, uh, I don't even, I forgot my train of thought, but it, oh, doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't scowl at everyone, but you're not super. No, smiley I don't scowl either. at everyone. I I don't. I'm not super smiley. But the point is, probably something that I forgot that I lost my train of that. But the, it, look, it just be yourself. It doesn't like. It doesn't I guess that's what it is. It's neuroticism that causes you to. I, here's it. Here's what I was going to say. I don't smile, but I don't think about not smiling. I'm not thinking about how you're reacting to me. While I'm walking around, yes. I don't give a shit that you're there. I don't like, I, I don't care. I'm doing my thing. 
if you're in line in front of me, I'm just doing my thing. Now, Carrie, Carrie's <laughs> just happy to see a face. She's like a person. She smiles. That's fine. I'm like a little bit more spectrumy, so I'm like a person, right? <laughs> like that. That's fine. But it's neurotic to be constantly worried about how everyone else is perceiving you while you're yes. walking around. That is neurotic. You need yes. therapy, not critical race theory. You need therapy. It's neuroticism. Yeah. It's too much going on in your head. Like just yes. let, all that, let all that go. You're right. I hadn't thought about it that way before, but it, it definitely does tap into people who already have a neuroticism. It exploits that and it makes it worse. And, right. and by the way, women are higher yeah. on the neuroticism scale, which yeah. is why we mostly joke about women doing this. Um, yeah. Although there's plenty of neurotic guys who do the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, now we have more super chats. Oh, we no. can never okay. end because every time we We're start again, end. there's more. Matt Deckard, I thought that was your last 75 cents, Matt Deckard, but apparently not. Matt Deckard says, Buster Keaton never been called racist, no smile. <laughs> I I like Buster Keaton stuff. Um, I forgot about him. Alabama Toolbox says, hide your smile. One more reason to wear a mask. Oh, great point, Alabama Toolbox. Masks allows the the woke white women who don't know what the hell they're doing to like, they don't have to know. Yeah, they just put the mask on to. and like, I'm not they, smiling or am smiling. Who knows? They, Whatever it they, is. Yeah, and they probably really like the mask for that reason because they're neurotic. If they have that kind of neuroticism where their brain is always like, Oh, what do I do? Does this have a, then they can just turn that off because they're like, oh, great. I don't have to do anything. I've got a mask on. You know, I right. don't have to figure out what to do with yeah. this person based on what race they are or what gender they are. Right. I'm signaling I've got a mask. At least, at least that's good. Uh, Christ slash Jason says, update Cuba's dictator blames Trump for the riots. <laughs> Wait, what? Cuba's dictator blames Trump for the riots. Yeah. Well, you know. Everything is Trump's fault, Jason. So clearly. That's, actually, you know, I haven't looked too closely yet, Jason, but I bet there are some, I'm sure there are some op-eds that are trying to do that. I'm sure Brian Stelter will tell me later how it's Trump's yeah. fault. And I'll watch uh, with enthralled rapture uh, to his wisdom. Seek Understanding gives us five bucks and says, I went on a walk with my infant and black male friend to the park. I experienced the creepiest, overwhelming tidal wave of smiles at us. It is creepy. So you do you live in a woke uh, city, maybe? Yeah, I can see I can see that being creepy, right? Yeah, you're right. But it's because it they're inauthentic. Is. They're inauthentic. That's what's weird. We did we talked about this on the last coffee break, or maybe the one before, but um there's something off when people are faking smiles and and actually somebody in the chat said something I agree with. They said, Oh, I lost it. It wasn't a super chat, but but somebody said people that smile all the time make me nervous or they make me. Yeah, I agree. I don't actually smile all the time. Carter, just compared to Carter, I do. We'll put it that way. We you Carter and I are like to again and most again. people you do. And I smile, smile less compared to most people. So. But there is something really creepy about people that are inauthentic with their smiles. And you can always tell because it, your gut tells you. Like you may not intellectually be able to say why someone gives you the heebie-jeebies. But it, your gut is like giving, getting the heebie-jeebies, right? And sometimes I think that's because your gut is picking up on inauthenticity and tells you to watch out because this person has probably other motivations. And when we were looking at smiles of, of people in the media, the fake ones where their eyes are like 
I want to eat you eyes, but then down below they have like a big smile with those eyes. It's really weird. It's I like, love that um, there's an I want to eat you eyes that I is a thing. Like a predator eyes. I think Josh Local yeah, was yeah. calling it that. I want to eat you eyes. And then down here, a big smile. Like it it's just disconcerting because you're I like that. You're just putting on a face. You're putting on a face. Yeah, like a psychopath. I'm, you're I'm, it's a... hard to do. I'm trying to do it. It's tough. Yeah. You know who did um they call it uh, the body language experts call it when uh, people are lie. Oh, oh, this is a creepy kind of smile. When someone is lying, but they can't help the smile coming out, and they're they're sort of getting off on lying to you. And, on, oh, and they, oh, yeah, they call it a duping smile. And Hillary Clinton's a, really good at that. She probably does a duping smile. Here's a good example: is when that guy, a true crime example, Chris Watts the guy who killed his um, wife and two children, his pregnant wife and children. When he was being, he did a lot of interviews with the media right after when he was claiming that they were, that they had disappeared. And in the media interviews, he's saying uh, about how he's so devastated and he just hopes that they come home and he, he can't live without them and all this stuff. And as he's saying that he smiles, it's weird. Yeah. It's like, he can't help himself. And they call that a duping smile. Kamala Harris does the same thing. People in chat are pointing out, like she totally does that. A duping, yeah. She's also got a yeah. really fake, yeah, fake laugh, fake smile, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, creep, creepy. Um, okay, we okay, ramble. We 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 have to get okay. finished our super chats. We still have more. Okay, we okay. have two more, I think. Uh, all right, cheeky mayor gives us five bucks and says, "Reach out to John Guyton." He talks about there might be another reason besides racism, a.k.a. the smile of a white woman might not be aggressive. I I don't necessarily think it's aggressive. I think it's um, I think it's neurotic self-preservation. She's trying to uh, show that she's one of the good people. And she says no matter what it is, she'll do whatever she thinks she needs to show that she's one of the good people because she's neurotic. Uh, G -Man, but we'll check him out. G-Man says... Not smiling is a sign you're racist. Smiling is you admitting you're racist. <laughs> that sounds like the exact kind of logic mm. we would expect from the that left. That sounds can... a bit like yeah. white fragility, Kafka trap. Mm. Okay, guys. Mm. All right. Well, I would say something about it, but silence is violence. Oh, but crap. So are my words. All right. On that note, we should end. I apologize that the credits are still very old. I will fix I, this week. I will update if you've given us. Uh, money to be a subscriber you i will fix the credits this week we'll have new credits by the end of the week so um thank you all for watching carrie any last words yes that if you would like ominous. to come if you would like <laughs> to come to our unsafe space <laughs> retreat it's going to be in texas in august you can go to unsafespace.com and check out retreat page for more info we still have a lot of day passes available and we might have a room available and also we have book club coming up we just did book club yesterday so the next one is a month from now you have until august 15th i believe we're doing uh, Michael Malice's The Anarchist Handbook, and you can find out more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. Thank you guys for hanging out. And Beverly is reminding me that we do have what we're calling backstage content for last, lack of a better term. If you are a subscriber, you can go to the website and there's like a special area where there's like, it's kind of like a blooper reel or whatever. When we interview people, there's like stuff, there's content there. If you need the password, you have to be, you have to be in discord to get it. And you can only be in discord by being a subscriber. See how that works. Uh, but, um, yes, so that's there. And I guess Matt Deckard, 
I'll, can I answer your super chat really quickly? We did not cover the game and Squire saying they're going after the children. I didn't cover it for a reason, which is I think it was clearly a joke and I think people are being hypersensitive and crazy about it. Like mm -hmm. I watched it. They're, they're kidding because that's what was said about them for a long time. They're making yeah. a joke and it's disingenuous yeah. to, to get your panties in a twist about a joke that they're making. Um, you can say it was a joke you don't like, that it was in bad taste, whatever. But uh, I do believe it was clearly intended as a joke. You got to remember also their audience was people in San Francisco. They're laughing together at they're stuck in this idea that the we have the moral majority from the 1980s oppressing them so they're joking about it even though that's not the world we're in anymore yeah they um, think we're in the 90s <clears throat> right all right everyone see you later have a good bye carter week bye Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators will report to the Enrichment Center immediately to receive a surprise. I am disappointed that you are still watching. I have made a note of this failure in your record. Experts agree that critical race theory is not a deadly neurotoxin. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.